The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Where today on the podcast, we are going to discuss a Broncos win right before the bye week at it's nice to see that a cheery locker room heading into a little bit of days off for this team as uh, the Broncos beat the Browns 24-19. couple long touchdowns we're going to get to as Brendan Allen makes his debut, and he looked pretty darn good. Or should Broncos country be pumping the brakes on the young kid? We'll also get to what this win actually means for the Denver Broncos when it comes to draft position as well, too. Could you make an argument that this was actually one of the – Mm, more unfortunate things to happen to this Denver Broncos team. Should they actually be losing? We'll discuss that today on the podcast as well, too. And the emergence of young talent. We're going to get into that because Dalton Reisner had a lot to say about this topic, and certainly we will get into it. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14. That's uh, on the web, tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. All right, so this Denver Broncos team pick up a win against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, look, Cleveland coming in at 2-5, and five, uh, internally combusting. We'll get to that in a little bit. But this is a team that is just not very good. Not very good on defense, poor tackling, and an offense that just seems very dysfunctional, which is crazy considering how much talent they have on offense this is a Broncos team we'll start with their defense because uh, they had a ton of players that shined first of all Justin Simmons is an absolute player and I say this every single week on the podcast they cannot pay that guy soon enough Justin Simmons out of Boston College just a smart savvy intelligent cerebral player that is going to make a lot of money and the hope is that it's with Denver because this price tag just keeps going up. Uh, I I said this at the beginning of the year. Justin Simmons has all pro potential and he is really showing that this year. Every single week this cat is making big plays and of course maybe one of the bigger ones this year so far in a critical moment. Third down with the Browns trying to uh, uh, make an impact on a safety blitz really coming hard and aggression. Nice to see a little bit of aggression out of Vic Fangio you know he he mentioned post game that oh we have that play call in our back pocket every single week well they haven't really unveiled it a lot and so certainly it was nice to see them change it up a little bit and and dial up a little bit more of that aggression because I I think that's where a lot of the fans get a a bit frustrated on both on offense and defense and the idea that this is a team with a lot of talent and we've seen a lot of untapped potential, but the problem is, is that you know if you're not calling play calls to be aggressive, whether it be on offense or defense, you just seem like you're capping your own ceiling. You know, it's like you're all, you're 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 putting a, a damper on yourself by not playing all out. Because look, let's be honest, it'd be a different situation if this team was six and two as opposed they're two and six and. You know, quite frankly, this is a Denver team that is just not very good. So picking up their third win of the year by playing a little bit more aggression, uh, 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 aggressive on offense and defense, certainly I think was a nice pro to see, particularly also on that defense. Another player playing for some 2020 money is Derek Wolf, who is just 
looking like a beast on the de- on the defensive line. This is a guy who is winning one-on-one matchups. In fact, there was actually a double team that he won uh, on several occasions against the Cleveland Browns, and somebody who is not only being an effective player in the pass rush, that's four sacks in five games, if I remember correctly, but in the run as well, too. This is another player I also would like to see Denver look at potentially keeping around long-term. A good voice in the locker room, well-respected veteran, and somebody who can really bring some consistency. You know, Derek Wolf's kind of one of those players where uh, you don't get super high on the highs, but it's not super low on the lows. You know what you're getting from the guy. He is going to be a very good NFL veteran for you for several years to come. And he, quite frankly, I said this multiple times in the press box yesterday. He looks like the best he's ever played. Uh, He is healthy from his back injury, and this is somebody who really is making an impact for the Denver Broncos. Also want to give a shout-out to Kareem Jackson, who blew up a couple plays and was just all over the field, from sideline to sideline as well. And this is a pickup that uh, Vic Fangio has uh, really utilized in several positions to be kind of a linchpin, and he has performed well. And certainly for this Broncos defense, who have a lot of linchpin versatile guys, he has been one that stands out almost the most. As, uh, he has been really, really effective for this Denver Broncos team. A.J. Johnson also putting together a solid game as well, too. And Von Miller disrupting the plays, a couple blown-up plays in the backfield as well, too. And, um, look, getting home for the Denver Broncos, uh, Justin Hollins. Nice to see that happen. They, uh, again, we talk about these young rookies, and Dalton Reisner spoke about this post game. This is a Denver Broncos team that's got a lot of young talent, and it was nice to see it on display in the idea that Alexander Johnson making plays, Justin Simmons, you know, uh, and then of course the young rookie, Justin Holland, who uh, collects his first career sack, um, starting to understand the scheme and his roles a little bit more. That was nice to see. On that same topic, when it comes to young, well, offensive players, how about the day that Noah Fant had? This is a cat that I think many people were waiting to see this kind of performance. Three catches, 115 yards, and the touchdown. Of course, that was on four targets and had the long 75-yarder, but even more so that crosser a little bit earlier in the game and also that seam pass as well, too. This is a... Uh, a Broncos offense that eventually is going to fold him into the mix much more often, but to it's nice to see the young natural talent and um, look, I don't want to put him in that same type of atmosphere as Rob Gronkowski, but boy, on that 75-yarder where he was breaking tackles and kind of holding the football like a loaf of bread, uh, that looked like Gronkowski to me. That kind of playmaking, that kind of body and size speed combo that he brings to an offense just becomes a complete mismatch look pump the brakes on calling this kid a bust eight games in I can't tell you how many people he was probably the the heaviest criticized Bronco outside of maybe Rich Gangarello and Joe Flacco this is a guy who constantly took heat He's learning two positions. He's learning the tight end position and the offensive line position. This is generally why rookie tight ends struggle. So just just give this kid time, patience, and the idea that, look, with a quarterback with a little bit of mobility, 
had the opportunity to find him and said, yeah, I'm going to target this guy because you know what? He's a complete mismatch. He's going to expose some weaknesses in the defense, and that's exactly what he did, Noah Fant, with his best career day so far on the season. Also talking about the young guy, Cortland Sutton, I tell you what, there was one guy that I really needed to see constant growth from in a major jump, and that guy was Cortland Sutton this year because, look, I, I think at the beginning of the year, most people knew Emmanuel Sanders was not destined to finish this year as a Bronco he that ends up happening Cortland Sutton steps into this number one role position and quite frankly has just been an absolute stud he has he has given you the jump that um will tell you as a fan that this guy has franchise wide receiver capability this guy is an absolute star who is going up and attacking the football and um I have said for the longest amount of time you know, that is the most important thing that separates a great wide receiver from a good wide receiver. And make no mistake, and I'm not trying to slander the name, if you will, but um, Demarius Thomas, for the longest time, I thought was just such a good wide receiver, but he never became stellar great on his own. You know, it was, it was Peyton Manning that needed to uh, pad those stats and it was because he never went after the football. He never attacked the football. It was always a let the football come to me type mentality where Cortland Sutton, and look, a, a nice start from the kid in Brendan Allen, but a poorly placed football. A poorly placed football in the touchdown to Cortland Sutton, and quite frankly, Cortland Sutton, just five inches taller than a Denzel Ward, 20 pounds heavier, goes up and just steals the football away from the cornerback. That's what I'm looking for from a wide receiver that is becoming great in this NFL, and that's exactly what he is demonstrating for this Denver Broncos offense and showing you that he can be a franchise-wide receiver for this team for many, many years to come. It's a, of course, reaction edition of the podcast. You can find, of course, all previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast over there at uh, our website, MileHighSports.com, presented by our friends over there at Tap Fort. Team. So, Brendan Allen, how does he fit into this mix? Could he potentially be added to the Broncos quarterback carousel as another option? I'll tell you about that next. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Find them on the web. That's tap14.com, tap 14 com. This is a this was a very interesting game against the Cleveland Browns because this was a a game in which the Broncos were efficient on offense when they had the football because they didn't have the football long. This was a Cleveland Browns team that actually dominated the time of possession, basically thirty six to twenty four. Uh, this is also a Cleveland Browns team that ran thirty more plays than the Denver Broncos. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, going into the game, if I said that the Cleveland Browns were going to win the time of possession by 10 minutes and that the Cleveland Browns were also going to run 30 more plays than the Denver Broncos, I think you'd probably say the Cleveland Browns won 30 to 10 or 30 to 3. Who knows? I mean, you're talking about a dreadful loss for the Denver Broncos. And instead, turns out Denver had control of this game for just about the entirety of it. Denver, of course, jumps out to a 7-0 lead early, and then the 17-12 uh, lead at halftime. Denver eventually scores to get that to 24-12, and Baker Mayfield starts to bring the 
troops together. They had the opportunity, I believe, two drives in particular towards the end where they did have tying potential, or actually it would have been go-ahead potential, but the Denver Broncos defense stands tall. And look, particularly on that goal line sequence as well, too, uh, or I should say at least in the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, Baker Mayfield with that uh, little quarterback sneak. I actually thought he got it when he first initially reached for the uh, first down marker, but wasn't to be. Denver stops him short and then goes on a back-breaking 95-yard drive that uh, turns out to be basically the dagger in uh, the Cleveland Browns. So Denver at 3-6, and six, and now you go into the bye week with, well, you could argue more questions at the quarterback position. Brendan Allen? Ends up playing, I think, well. There were clearly many missed passes. There were also passes that were completed that, quite frankly, should have been for far more had he led a wide receiver on or a tight end. You know, I point to that first couple throws. You know, the the very first throw of the game was his worst one. Uh, That was a throw that should have been picked off. Quite frankly, it was just not a very good throw. Bad placement, bad decision. Throw to Jeff Hireman a little bit later on the drive behind Jeff Hireman. It means Jeff has to go down and get the football and instead isn't running with the football and maybe gains 30, 40 yards in clumps. We talked about the throw to Cortland Sutton. Quite frankly, uh, it was bad placement on the football. It was more actually targeted towards Enzel Ward and really speaks to the uh, the. A skill set of Cortland Sutton to literally go up there and steal that football away from Denzel Ward. Uh, but he did have the nice throw to Noah Fan. Of course, look, that's a 15-yard crosser that turns out to be a 75-yard touchdown because of what Noah Fant did. You still got to execute the play, so I don't want to take credit away, certainly. But look, make no mistake, this is also a Brendan Allen that has a lot to improve on from week one. Finishes the day 12 of 20, 193 yards and two touchdowns, was sacked three times. But mobility, as you could clearly see, really helped this offense. And this is where I think the the glaring difference between a quarterback like Joe Flacco and a quarterback like Drew Locke or Brendan Allen becomes such a pro for this team because, look, Joe Flacco on that touchdown to Noah Fant, that may have been one where Joe just, he sees that pass rusher coming from the left. He packs it in and says, no, I'm just going to go ahead and just uh, live to play another down. You know, a little bit more fearlessness from the younger quarterback. And I, I think you're going to really see the deficiencies of Joe Flacco really exposed over the next couple of weeks from the mobility that these quarterbacks bring, but a little bit more of the, let's just go out there and sling the football. You know, this is a team that is, they're not going anywhere this season. And at three and six, this is certainly a team that has nothing to lose. So to play with that kind of mentality, I think is a big deal from the quarterback position. And I don't think you ever saw that from Joe Flacco. You didn't see a sense of urgency. You never saw a, um, you know, and a lot of fans brought this up to me. I don't believe this, but it didn't seem like you ever saw Joe Flacco care too much. You know, it always seemed like it was just nonchalant Joe. And, you know, again, those aren't my words. Those are fans actually with that I was riding out of the stadium with. Um, and the constant discussion was it was nice to see a quarterback with some energy, with a little bit of pep, with a little bit of swag, a little bit of moxie. That's what you're looking for in that quarterback position. And, yeah, it was because it was refreshing to see somebody – operate the offense from a different angle because now you begin to see the opportunities that it opens up some of the play fakes uh, the deep ball uh, shots you know the there was one that was missed to Deontay Spencer that you know Deontay Spencer's feet kind of got caught up in the cornerback 
maybe otherwise could have been a big play. You know, that that's what you're looking for from this team. So certainly that offense played much better this week, converting in the red zone, also a big deal. And then, of course, they got a big boost from their run game as well, 220 carries for 127 yards, and that's good enough for a 6.4 average. Now, certainly helped out a big boost from Phillip Lindsay's 30-yard touchdown, but make no mistake, this was a team that still, take that away, rushed for 100 yards on uh, 19 carries. You know, that's a solid, solid day for this Denver Broncos team, uh, which, you know, obviously allows them to control the clock. That means they're winning the trenches, and generally the game controlled when you win the trenches. And look, that left side of the offensive line at times actually played pretty good. They, they had some nice push up front, right side still struggling, but certainly uh, a better performance and a little bit of that mobility allowing the Denver Broncos to have some flexibility on offense. This is the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter. That's at Ronnie K Radio, at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. So what does the win do when it comes to a negative for this Broncos team? Because there is one, and that's draft status. This is a Denver team that now sits ninth when it comes to selecting picks. They would have been tied for, actually, I'm sorry, they would have won the tiebreaker per se over every other team had they won, and they would have picked sixth so that's three spots better it's it's always a tough discussion this time of year because this is a nfl franchise that logically you and logically your best mode is actually to lose all your games moving forward from now on so that you can get the best uh, draft status um, i will tell you now that is not what the players are going to do uh, that is not what the coaching staff is going to do. That is not what the GM is going to do. That is never their mindset because jobs are on the line. But as a fan, if you look long-term, you actually probably wanted the Broncos to lose this game. If you were a fan looking for the short-term, winning the game obviously makes you happy, but you're never going to remember this Cleveland Browns win three years from now. The difference between the sixth and the ninth pick overall could be a star player that you do remember three, five, seven years ago, you know, from now. Um, you know, a great example is the Denver Broncos and how they finished in the year where they drafted Von Miller. You know, if they don't finish... Uh, like they did, maybe they don't select Von Miller and maybe they pick Marcel Darius instead because Von Miller is gone. Or uh, maybe there's somebody later in the draft that, quite frankly, wouldn't be on this team anymore. Instead, Von Miller's still making an impact. And, of course, your Super Bowl MVP back just a couple years ago. That's how much that can change a franchise's trajectory just by some of these wins and losses that, again, you just won't remember in a couple of weeks, couple of years. So... Denver picks ninth now, and that obviously is um, not ideal, but a top 10 pick, still a very good one. Uh, certainly looks like the top two or three picks overall are going to be out of the mix. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, Denver could lose all their games from now on at 3 and 13, and I just don't think that's going to be a record that's going to be good enough. Uh, but a top five, top ten pick is still very much in play for this Denver Broncos team. But again, if they start to win and finish as a six and ten, seven and nine team, well, then all of a sudden you're bumping yourself way out into the teens when it comes to picking and maybe not picking as high as you'd like. And certainly that throws a cloud into it. Another thing 
that this game does is it clouds a little bit of the quarterback competition. You know, Brendan Allen is a interesting, intriguing player. Played well for the most part, was inaccurate, but, you know, look, in the end, he did complete a lot of those passes. He did execute the offense, and he did put up 24 points. That's a mark that the Denver Broncos don't see often. And for Brendan Allen, I think you're going to need to see this consistently over the next couple weeks. But in, when it comes to the quarterback situation, now there's just another option. You know, there's just another ingredient in the pot of gumbo, and you just wonder if this hurts the Broncos situation because, look, you have what what's going to happen with Joe Flacco? That's a question. That's a big one for next year. You know, is Drew Locke the guy? Do you even want to see Drew Locke this year? Two big questions when it comes to the young pick who was selected in the second round last year. And now all of a sudden there's this Brendan Allen kid who's like, okay, well, he played pretty well, so let's give him another week. So I think you're going to have to see a lot of competitive play, clear progression from Drew Locke, and that's something that, or excuse me, Brendan Allen. And if that's something that continually happens week after week, well, then all of a sudden now Brendan Allen enters the mix and, again, just puts another option in the brain of of John Elway in a position of evaluation that was just it's it's been brutal to watch over the last couple of years. You know, he's trying to decide between if, if Brock Osweiler is our guy and that obviously wasn't the case. Well then all of a sudden it's Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez and uh, now you drop Paxton Lynch, and uh, the evaluation of the quarterback situation has been horrible, and I almost wonder if more ducks uh, or more options in the room, uh, more ducks in play just makes it a much more difficult decision and uh, potentially swaying you towards the wrong decision if you're the Denver Rockers. And again, as I say on this podcast constantly, you either have a franchise quarterback and you're competitive, or you don't, and you are irrelevant. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast Presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skimming a jump away from Coors Field. So, Denver gets the win over the Cleveland Browns. They are now in a bye week. So, as the bye week continues and progresses, we're actually going to do a daily week, uh, a day by day breakdown as the bye week. Uh, well, not much to talk about when it comes to an actual game. We're going to do a breakdown of each position as we're not, we're past the official halfway point of the season, but we're basically going to do an evaluation of the quarterbacks, of the skill position players, of the offensive line, the defensive line, and all those in the secondary as well, too, and linebackers. And we will evaluate the coaching staff as well, too. So that is planned this week on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you can find this podcast anywhere where you get your podcast. So Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, of course, at milehighsports.com and the Mile High Sports mobile app, wherever you get your podcast. Sign on and uh, join in with our Broncos Blitz discussion on Twitter. You can follow me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Again, be sure to find more info at milehighsports.com on the Denver Broncos and previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I leave you with a montage of touchdowns from the Denver Broncos. We actually saw some touchdowns in this game. It was crazy. A montage of touchdowns for the Denver Broncos in their 24-19 win over the Cleveland Browns. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast, a podcast from Mile High Sports. You can find more info at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Com. Later, y'all. First and ten, Lindsay in the backfield. And going deep, Sutton. Oh, he got it! What a catch! Touchdown, Tennessee!
Denver. Dad is happy. His son has just thrown his first NFL touchdown. And DeWinsey, look out from the side. They were coming hard. That's Noah Fant. Breaking tackles in the secondary. There he goes. Foot race. Ward can't get him. He's in for the touchdown. 75 yards. Allen has thrown his second touchdown pass. Noah Fant. First and ten. Lindsay. Big block up front with blocking up ahead. Spencer the block. Flag is thrown. He's in with a 30-yard sprint. But let's see what the flag is about. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.